Welcome and bienvenue and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing A Year with Frog and Toad. Toad, it's May! It's May? Well, according to your calendar... Oh my! There's so much to do! I've got to clean the house, and I've got to mulch the yard, and I've got to get some breakfast. I haven't eaten since January. Frog! Yes, Toad? Frog! What is it? You know, I was just thinking, that extra month of sleep really makes a difference. Smell the flowers, see the plants. Hear the marching of the ants. Feel the sunshine, feel the breeze. Look out, frog, here come some bees. Listen to the birdies sing. Tweet, 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 let's greet the spring. Let's greet the spring. It's spring. But first, how are we doing? I hope this episode finds you well. I myself have been all over the map these last few weeks, so if you yourself have been all over the map these last few weeks, I want to tell you, I am right there with you. I empathize. I do, I do, I do. Let us focus on a few follow-ups here. Let's try to push all of that nonsense aside and focus on some old business before moving on to new business. Sydney reached out to me regarding their score as it related to the Bring It On quiz. Do you remember taking our Bring It On quiz? Sydney is the only person who reached out to me about their score, so thank you so much, Sydney. Sydney earned a perfect four out of four score. Oh my gosh, amazing. Sydney chalked it up to, I believe, their siblings' obsession with Bring It On as a franchise, so I'm sure that did help. Obviously, it did help when it came to our quiz. Now, speaking of outreach from our listeners, we were received a lovely email from Harry. Hello, Harry. And Harry told us that the Chicago cast member who introduced Bring It On the Musical at the Tonys was none other than Amra Faye Wright. Amra Faye Wright. She has been a part of the production since 2006 and was logging performances right up to the shutdown. But that's not the only mystery Harry solved for us. To wit... Every performance at the 67th Tony Awards was introduced by performers from other Broadway musicals. This info was sitting right under my nose. It was not a mystery. The answer was right there on Wikipedia, and I let it pass me by. So thank you for tipping me off to this, Harry. Thank you very much. I am still, I have to say, I am still thinking about the Pokemon and Pikachu reference in Bring It On, the musical. I just keep thinking, you know, there's Pikachu. Pikachu, of course, and then there's the boy, the boy whose name is uh, Pokemon, right? Uh, He's got the red cap. Pokemon's the boy. (laughs) I'll never get over it. I recently familiarized myself with our international reviews. Okay, this is the last point I want to make. I took a dip into a website that I do not want to use any more than I have to. It's, oh boy, don't even get me started on this website. But it is a nice aggregator when it comes to all of your show's reviews, and it really is the only way that I've been able to look at all of our international reviews. But the point is, as it turns out, we do not have 
one five-star reviews. As I have been saying over the last few weeks, we actually have 47 if you take all of those international reviews into account. So if you live outside of the U.S. and you write a five-star review of The Musical Man, which I, of course, encourage you to do, please send a screenshot to me, send it via email or Twitter, as it may pass me by otherwise. Again, I really don't want to use this website that I'm alluding to. It's not that great. They send you crappy newsletters with bad advice as to how to run a successful podcast. Bad advice, bad website overall, even though it is a helpful aggregator. But let's not get too big for our britches website. Let us keep moving ever onward toward our goal of collecting 60 five-star reviews. Again, we have 47. I want to see 60 because I want to record a special episode for you, the listeners. It's going to be all about Disney's Zombies films. Zombies and Zombies 2. We did that with the Descendants franchise many moons ago. I want to do it again with Zombies. So, if you haven't written a five-star review yet, please do so. Please, please, please. Now, let's get the show facts regarding this week's subject, A Year with Frog and Toad, okay? Show me the show facts. Absolutely, it would be my pleasure. A Year with Frog and Toad was a 2003 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on April 13th, 2003 at the Court Theater and ran for 73 performances. The book was written by Willie Reel. It is based on Arnold Lobel's Frog and Toad series of books. We will talk about those books more in just a moment. The music was written by Robert Reel and the lyrics were written by Willie Reel. Frog and Toad is Robert and Willie's sole Broadway credit. Though their work has been produced off-Broadway via Once Around the City and regionally via Johnny Baseball, The Dinosaur Musical, and Quark Victory. What a title. Robert has a good amount of film credits as a composer, along with a ton of TV credits, including Billions, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Caught on Camera with Nick Cannon, which is apparently a TV show. The director of the original Broadway production of A Year with Frog and Toad was none other than David Petrarca. The musical director was Linda Twine, choreographer Danielle Pelzig, scenic design Adrian Lobel, that is the daughter of Arnold Lobel, the author of the original children's book series, lighting design James F. Ingalls, sound design Rob Milburn and Michael Bodine, costume design Martin Pakeldenaz. The original Broadway cast is as follows. It's a very small cast. We have Jay Goda, Mark Lynn Baker. Okay, so sitcom fans. We'll know Mark Lynn Baker as Larry Appleton from Perfect Strangers. He has logged many Broadway credits over the years, from his debut in Doonesbury to revivals of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum and on the 20th Century. Lynn Baker is working to this day. He is a treasure end of story, but we're not quite done with this cast list. We also have Danielle Furland, Jennifer Gambatiz, and Frank Vlastnik. And as always, I do apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of these first or last names. Tony Knotts. Okay, the production was nominated for the following Tony Awards. Best Musical, of course, but also Best Book of a Musical, Willie Reel, and Best Original Score, Robert and Willie Reel. So, three nominations in total, but unfortunately, zero awards at the end of the night. A Year with Frog and Toad begins with our amphibian heroes hibernating in their beds, but this is no time for sleep. Spring is in the air. Toad 
Toad celebrates the season by cultivating a garden. The task proves to be easier said than done. Why is this taking so long? Why are the seeds not growing? Yelling proves to be an ineffectual stimulant, but when Toad entertains his seeds with a tuba solo, they soon come out of hiding. Frog, knowing Toad often wishes to receive more mail, writes a letter to his friend that will be delivered by their neighbor, Snail. Frog and Toad then travel to the pond for a swim. Toad is embarrassed by his bathing suit and slips into the water before anyone can spot him. Other animals arrive to spy Toad in all of his glory, but he refuses to come out of the pond. The water soon turns cold and Toad is forced to reveal himself to the public. Sometime later, Frog leaves a note for Toad, stating he has gone to a nearby island so he may be alone. Toad assumes Frog is sad, and so he he sets out for the island in a canoe after packing a nice lunch. The canoe tips over and Toad is left soaking wet. Upon finding each other, Frog explains to Toad that he is not sad, he is in fact happy, and merely wanted some time to reflect on that which makes him happy. For example, Toad. With that settled, the two friends enjoy a meal of sloppy sandwiches. Snail's slow but steady journey to Toad's house continues in the background, with the little creature feeling ever committed to delivering Frog's letter. Act 1 ends with Frog and Toad baking and eating an enormous amount of cookies, which they share with a flock of birds. Frog and Toad did their best to show restraint by eating only a couple of cookies, but the cookies were too delicious to resist. Ah, can you blame them? Act 2 opens with Frog and Toad enjoying a beautiful summer. The birds mock their attempt to fly a kite, but with some practice, our heroes find success. Summer turns to fall. Frog decides he will surprise Toad by raking the leaves in his pal's front yard. At the same time, Toad decides he will surprise Frog by raking the leaves in his pal's front yard. A pair of wily squirrels make a mess of their respective leaf piles, which results in neither Frog or Toad being surprised by the other's good deed. A thunderstorm inspires Frog to tell a scary story. Once there was a little frog whose parents left him alone while they searched for a way out of the woods. While waiting for them to return, the little frog was terrorized by another frog, but not just any frog, an enormous ravenous frog who liked to work up an appetite by skipping rope. The little frog managed to escape the beast's clutches, but only just barely. Toad is thoroughly terrified by this story. Winter begins, which causes the moles to come out of hiding and play in the snow. Frog and Toad agree to slay down a steep hill, though Toad is afraid of what might happen. During the ride, Frog falls off of the sled, leaving Toad to careen down the hill by himself. This upsets Toad, and he proceeds to yell at Frog. But what's this? Snail has arrived with the letter! Toad is touched by what Frog has to say, namely that he is only really happy when Toad is happy. Frog and Toad make amends and Snail heads home, feeling a well-earned sense of pride. Our heroes agree to celebrate Christmas Eve together, but when Frog does not show up on time, Toad wonders if something terrible might have happened. Perhaps Frog fell into a deep, dark hole! Do not worry, Frog. Toad is coming to the rescue! As it turns out, Frog is just fine. He simply needed more time to wrap Toad's Christmas present. The year comes to an end as Frog and Toad crawl into their respective beds. Spring will soon come again, but for now it is time to rest. 
Good night, frog and toad. That was the plot. I didn't tell you that we were going into the plot, but that was the plot. Now it's time to talk about my research sources. For the purposes of this week's episode, I checked out all four of the original Arnold Lobel frog and toad books through the library. That's Frog and Toad Our Friends from 1970, Frog and Toad Together from 1972, Frog and Toad All Year from 1976, and rounding us out, Days with Frog and Toad from 1979. Oh, this was such an enjoyable experience, getting to sit down with these books again. I have not read these since I was but a wee thing. Of the stories excluded by the musical, the ones I enjoyed the most were A Lost Button, A List, The Dream, and Tomorrow. Unsurprisingly, all of these stories involve Toad wallowing in some form of despair. Toad is a thin-skinned, punchy little grump, and I adore him. I also read Frog and Toad, an amphibious celebration of same-sex love. This is a piece written by Colin Stokes and published in The New Yorker. It was published on May 31st, 2016. I would like to quote a section of that piece now, Right now for you, quote, Adrian Lobel, as a reminder, Arnold's daughter and this week's scenic designer, suspects that there's another dimension to the series' sustained popularity. Frog and Toad are of the same sex, and they love each other, she told me. It was quite ahead of its time in that respect. In 1974, four years after the first book in the series was published, Lobel came out to his family as gay. I think Frog and Toad really was the beginning of him coming out, Adrian told me. Lobel never publicly discussed a connection between the series and his sexuality, but he did comment on the ways in which personal material made its way into his stories. In a 1977 interview with the children's book journal The Lion and the Unicorn, he said, You know, if an adult has an unhappy love affair, he writes about it. He exorcises it out of himself, perhaps, by writing a novel about it. Well, if I have an unhappy love affair, I have to somehow use all of that pain and suffering, but turn it into a work for children. Lobel died in 1987, an early victim of the AIDS crisis. He was only 54, Adrian told me. Think of all the stories we missed. When reading children's books as children, we get to experience an author's fictional world removed from the very real one he or she inhabits. But knowing the strains of sadness in Lobel's life story gives his simple and elegant stories new poignancies. On the final page of Alone, Frog and Toad, having cleared up their misunderstanding, sit contently on the island looking into the distance, each with his arm around the other. Beneath the drawing, Lobel writes, They were two close friends, sitting alone together. Quote, That is the section of the New Yorker piece that I wanted to share to you. I do hope you enjoyed that. Let us continue with my list of research sources for this week. I listened to the 2003 original Broadway cast album of A Year with Frog and Toad, of course, and I also watched the 2003 Tony Awards performance of the song Alone. As I said before, revisiting the books was a wonderful experience, and I would recommend them to anyone with small children. Those stories are consistently sharp, funny, funny, 
and touching, and LaBelle's illustrations radiate with a remarkable amount of warmth. Looking at Frog and Toad on the page is a soothing experience, which made it somewhat hard for me to accept Jay Goda and Mark Lynn Baker. These were not the Frog and Toad of my youth. These are humans. I was also thrown off by the kids who sit along the apron of the stage. Did I think the kids were silhouettes at first? Nothing more than a scenic element? Yes, I did. I did not realize that they are not, in fact, a scenic element. They are, in fact, real live children, and I am not convinced we needed them on that stage. Were we concerned people wouldn't understand Frog and Toad was a musical for children? If so, that concern is baseless, is was. Despite my reservations, I couldn't help but fall for Goda's silly expressions and Lynn Baker's appropriately glum and perplexed interpretation of Toad. The actors fit together like pieces in a puzzle, and I would expect nothing less from those who take on these characters. Now, let's talk about that score. There is a frog, there is a toad, and he lives just down the road. There could be no better friend for me, for me it seems. Frog is the frog, toad is the toad of my dreams. Hello, toad. Hello, frog. What are you doing in my dream? Well, funny, I was about to ask you the same thing. Oh, well, it certainly is nice to see you. I feel the same way. How has your winter been? Well, I'm hibernating, so there isn't much to report. It's about the same for me. This is a very nice dream, though. Yes, it is. Well, I'm getting ready to wake up, so you'd better get back to your own dream. I'll see you when you wake up. Yes, I'd better get back to hibernating. Spring is nearly here. Oh, I think it's just around the corner. Birds? My thoughts regarding the Frog and Toad score come fast and loose, so if you're not prepared for that, I mean, what can I say? You better prep yourself before you wreck yourself. Why am I always saying this? I often say my thoughts come fast and loose, when that is rarely ever the case. Oh, well. The show's titular number is a gas, a breezy hoot if ever there was one. It begins with a lengthy introduction from Danielle Furland, Jennifer Gambatisse, and Frank Vlasnik as a trio of of birds, and while I cannot ignore their slick harmony work, this quickly turns into a fireworks factory scenario where I simply want to hear from a frog and toad. Enough already with the birds, let's move it. Thankfully, the wait proves to be worthwhile. Jay Goda is absolutely channeling Bing Crosby here to a point where I expected him to break into a ba 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 Does that mean Mark Lynn Baker is our Bob Hope? I suppose. Toad is certainly more more pinched and placed higher vocally, so it doesn't seem like much of a stretch. It has been decided. I've decided. Frog and Toad are Bing and Bob. Oy, oy, oy. Speaking of which, remember the Bing and Bob homage from Swingin' on a Star? Oh my god, that feels like it was a million years ago. What a mess. Frog said these seeds would grow soon. But soon was over a long time ago. Yes, I'm quite sure that soon is over, 
And now it is later, much later. Oh, this is all my fault. I must have frightened them very badly. Oh, Seeds, I'm sorry. I did not mean to raise my voice at you. Don't be afraid, go on and grow. Are you afraid or are you slow? I am your gardener, you are my seeds. I will attend to all of your needs. Come on, come on, up out of the dirt. It's safe out here, you won't get hurt. It's safe out here, you have my word. You don't believe me, let's ask a bird. Hey, bird! What is it, Toad? I have some seeds planted in the ground. Seeds? Terrific! I love seeds. You see seeds? You are loved here. Where are they? I want to eat them. Bird, go away. They will hear you. Seeds can't hear. They hear everything. Come on, Toad. Let me eat just one. No one will harm you. No one will dare. If anyone tries, I'll be there. I will be watching every minute, every hour, till you grow up to be a flower. Songs like Seeds, as well as Alone and Merry Almost Christmas, stuck with me more than Frog and Toad's more fast-paced numbers. I had a merry old time with the fast-paced numbers, but what can I say? I am an easily bruised gay boy at heart, and Toad's mournful sighs spoke to me. I am Toad. My entire day can go south if I lose a button, and if the world does turn gray for me, I must examine my dread whilst staring into a well. Toad wants to become a skilled gardener. He'll do anything to take care of his seeds, and their reticence is driving him bananas. Why are my seeds mad at me? What can I do to gain the approval of my seeds? Toad wants to be loved, even if he isn't sure he deserves love. Same, Toad. Same. I'm carrying a ladder, a most important ladder. A ladder frog is written to Toad. I'd love to stay and chat, stick around and chew the fat, but duty calls and I must hit the road. I'm the snail with the mail, I'll deliver without fail, in the rain or sleet or snow. No snail has feet, will fleet away, I'm practically a cheetah, I put the go in escargot. Much like Roger Bart in the 99 revival of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, Frank Vlastnik proves to be a bit of a breakout star as Snail. There is a rascally spitfire energy crackling throughout the letter, and I found his performance to be instantly endearing. There are a few reprises of the letter throughout Frog and Toad, and hearing Vlastnik rip through the phrase, I'm the snail with the mail, got me every time. If you're eager to hear more from the performer, jump ahead to Act Two, and I'm Coming Out of My Shell, which I would compare to Supper Time from Charlie Brown. To that end, if you find yourself auditioning for Charlie Brown, I'm Coming Out of My Shell would be an excellent choice. Do you want to play Snoopy or do you not want to play Snoopy? Listen to the musical man. He knows what's best. 
Wait one moment, I realize I have another observation when it comes to the Shell song. Snail talks about being made of goo a lot in that song. If I had to hazard a guess, I would say he uses the word goo at least three times. Like, we hear you, Snail. You are made of goo. You're a goo dude. Maybe focus on other qualities and don't get so hung up on the goo factor. That's it. I've had it. I'm turning blue. I'm getting out of the water. Toad, you do look funny. I know. Toad looks funny in a bathing suit. Get a load of Toad is based on one of my favorite frog and toad stories, that being The Swim. It absolutely speaks to Toad's self-destructive nature. He knows everyone will laugh if they see him in his bathing suit, yet he wears the suit anyway. When the animals of the forest goad him into coming out of the water, he refuses, insisting everyone else should leave him alone. And when Toad does eventually reveal himself, he reacts to the laughter as if it could not affect him less which is an obvious lie. This story speaks to me. I wore swim shoes to the pool as a YMCA day camper. I knew everyone would make fun of my swim shoes, and I wore them anyway. Did I adopt a veneer of cool detachment in the face of their laughter? No, absolutely not. I screamed at everyone like a banshee who had been unleashed upon the public. But what did I expect? The swim shoes looked ridiculous. Get a load of toad is a grand knee slapper. The ban- Banjo line evokes half a sixpence while the rat-a-tat patter calls to mind Chicago's We Both Reached for the Gun. Not bad at all as far as influences go. P.S. In Lobel's story, Frog makes it clear he does not wear a bathing suit while swimming, but Frog does wear clothes on a regular basis, which means Frog is nude while swimming. Frog is living out and proud. This morning I woke up and thought, I am happy. It's been since April, since I have been sad. I'll go be alone to think how I'm happy for all that I have and all that I've had. What made you think that I was unhappy? What were you thinking was making me blue? I only came out here to think how I'm happy. I love being a frog in a warm, sunny summer. But mostly I'm happy because I have you.
Frog and Toad are best friends who love each other and have committed to a long-term monogamous romantic relationship while choosing to live in their own homes. This is my interpretation. The terms of their union were hammered out long ago. It works for them, and I celebrate their commitment to each other. I cannot relate to Frog when he goes off by himself to ponder life's gifts, but that's because I am not a frog. I am a toad. Chris is the frog in our marriage, no doubt about it. He can find pleasure in moments of solitude, whereas I tend to crumble if left alone for too long. When I'm feeling happy, I do not head for an island. No, no way. I clutch onto my husband like he is a life buoy while insisting we make plans for lunch. Some people are a Samantha. I am a toad. Eating cookies, eating cookies, I'm so happy. Eating cookies, 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 I adore. Cookies, 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 I go cookie eating cookies. Maybe you should stop. Just one more. Now I will put these cookies in the box and tie it up with a string. Then we shall eat no more cookies. What an excellent plan. However, there is a problem with the plan. What plan? The no more eating cookies plan. What is it? The problem with the plan. The no more eating cookies plan. Is if we want to eat more cookies than in fact we can. We could untie the string and open it. That's true. How about a cookie? Don't mind if I do. Eating cookies, eating cookies, we're so happy. Eating cookies, 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 we adore. Cookies, 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 we go cookie eating cookies. Maybe we should stop. Let's have more. Toad, we have to do something. You're right. I'll get us some milk. No, no, no. We must stop eating the cookies. I know. We'll give them to the birds. Hey, birds. What? Do you want some cookies? Sure. Bring them on. Wait. Should we be eating these cookies? Or should we rather have worms? Worms are a product of nature. Toad did the baking. Think of the germs. Well, I never. Toad makes the tastiest cookies. Go on and try one. They're great. If you eat one of these cookies, I'm here to tell you you're gonna eat eight. Eating cookies, eating cookies, we're so happy. Eating cookies, 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 we adore. Cookies, 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 we go cookie eating cookies. Empty out the box and let's have more. when it comes to anything that falls under the Reese's banner. Reese's, Reese's. Is it a cup, miniature, or otherwise? Is it shaped like an Easter egg? Does it require me to tear through at least two layers of paper and plastic? Well, congrats, I have already ruined my appetite by consuming three dozen of them. This is all to say I feel sympathy for Frog and Toad when it comes to their lack of impulse control. Anyone who loves cookies enough to sing about them should be allowed to eat cookies until they pass out. 
But I also pick up what the birds are putting down. They're right to be suspicious of free snacks. Who made these snacks? Did they wash their hands? We should all be concerned about the germ factor at play here. The birds are not wrong. Anyone who loves cookies enough to sing about them and give them away for free should face some amount of scrutiny. The birds are not strangers to Frog and Toad. This is not a matter of stranger danger. I'm just saying, confirm if everyone involved washed their hands. Then eat the cookies until you pass out. Side note, Chris and I absolutely slaughtered a bag of oatmeal raisin cookies two days before we sat down to record this episode. There were 18 cookies in the bag when we started, and there were only two remaining when we finally decided to call it quits. We are Frog and Toad! And I waited and waited, and it grew darker and darker, and suddenly... I had the feeling that I was not alone. Not alone? Not alone. And then I looked up, and I saw two great eyes staring right at me. Ah! Who are you? I am the large and terrible frog. Ah! Are you going to eat me? Not just yet. I've eaten so many frog children already tonight that I have no appetite. Oh, well, it was very nice to have met you. I'll be going now. Not so fast. First, you must do something for me. Oh, I'd be only too happy to. What is it? After dinner, I like to have a little exercise so I can work up an appetite for a late snack. Exercise? Yes. Skipping rope. And you shall turn for me. Take hold of that end. Yes, your large and terribleness. Skippy, 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 skippy every night. Skipping helps to generate an appetite. Tadpole, tadpole, pollywog. Soon I will be snacking on a little frog. Skippy, 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 skippy every night. Skipping helps to generate an appetite. Some like muffins, some like scones. I like the taste of little froggy bones. All right, my appetite has returned. Now come to me, little frog. I'm not clear on who plays the large and terrible frog in the number Shivers. The character is not cited on the Internet Broadway Database site, which leads me to think Jay Goda provided the voice himself. Not a radically unreasonable theory, all things considered. But the voice of the large and terrible frog is so creepy, it's spooky in a way kids would appreciate. Much like a Goosebumps or a Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Weird, unsettling, but not traumatizing. See, the thing about the large and terrible frog is that he is large and terrible and also a cannibalistic serial killer. Dude's a dang freak! That frog refuses to admit if his story is true or not tickles me. Is my story true? The world may never know. Good night, Toad. Sweet dreams. Uh, note to self, develop a stage show based on Alvin Schwartz's Scary Stories series. Do not tell anyone else about this idea, which is so good, it's positively frightening. Yes, I already know there was a movie, but a movie is not the same thing as a stage show, is it me? No, stop questioning your own ideas. This is a moneymaker. Felt as though there'd be no Christmas, even though it's Christmas Eve. No, it wouldn't feel like Christmas, not without you, I believe. 
Christmas wouldn't come without you. Only winter's cold, I fear. But it really feels like Christmas now that you are here. Sure, it's cold, but we've hot chocolate and a fire burning away. By the fire, see the clock lit. Now it's almost Christmas Day. Merry almost Christmas. Happy that you're here. Merry almost Christmas. Happy almost New Year. Christmas feels like Christmas now that you are here. Merry almost Christmas. Happy almost New Year. I could not imagine Christmas. Couldn't do it if I tried. No, I can't imagine Christmas. Not without you at my side. I'll be with you every Christmas. We both know that's understood. Many, many nights like this one. If we're lucky, knock on wood. Sure, it's cold, but we've hot chocolate and a fire burning away. By the fire, see the clock lit. Now it's almost Christmas Day. I am all about a Christmas song I've never heard before, and Merry Almost Christmas may very well find itself in my regular rotation of carols this coming season. I don't know, it might. The song is so cozy and left me wanting nothing more than to crawl under a Christmas tree. Falling asleep under a Christmas tree is literally on my bucket list. I will do this before my life is spent. And if Merry Almost Christmas is the song that sends me off to slumberland, so be it. Oh, before we hear from our friends at 5678 Coffee, I would like to talk about Toad to the Rescue, which immediately precedes Merry Almost Christmas. The number involves Toad making assumptions about Frog's state of being, which we would have already seen him do leading up to Alone. Frog is alone on an island? I will come to his aid. Frog is late for our Christmas Eve celebration? I will come to his aid. For the sake of changing things up, I say we should have Frog worrying about Toad for once. I am wearing my conical director's cap, and I say it's high time we make that switch, make that change. Those who disagree will be fed to the birds like so many cookies, or you will suffer a fate worse than death. I will feed you to the large and terrible frog. I have spoken. And now that I have spoken, I believe it is high time we hear from our friends at 5678 Coffee, our wonderful sponsor. Take it away, 5678. I'm doing it. I'm what? I'm here. I'm here, aren't I? Okay, all right. Bartok the Bat here. Hello, it's me again. Hello, I've been asked to come back to do another 5678 coffee ad. Huh? Just when I think that I'm out, they pull me back in for another ad. Oh, ho, ho. look, I gotta do this really quick. I have a hot date with the little pink bat. You've heard me talk about her before. Maybe she has the little pink snoot and she has the little tuft of fur on the top of her 
Notre Dame? Oh, she's a real pretty picture, I gotta tell you this. And if I'm late for our date, she is going to give me a ha and a haya and a kick to the gonads. Oh, it's going to hurt so much. And so I just have to tell you real quick, okay, so five, six, seven, eight coffee. I mean, what else is there to say? If I wanted to put the coffee into a magical reliquary and sip it from the reliquary, I'm gonna tell you right now, the magic of the reliquary is going to do nothing to improve upon what is already the best coffee in the market. And I have seen that reliquary do some really fucked up things. Oh my god, do not mess with the black magic. I'm telling you right now, if you ever have the opportunity to sell your soul in exchange for a reliquary, oh, I'm telling you, don't do that. Take it from me, Bartok the Magnificent. I'm telling you right now, you do not want to mess with the arts, so specifically the black arts. Don't even get me started. It feels like I already started, but I'm telling you, so take the coffee, put it into a coffee cup, take it with you in a nice little thermos. It'll keep, it'll keep. You don't need a reliquary. Okay, is that enough? Is that all the material that you need? Because I have a hot date. It's gonna be at the top of the Eiffel Tower, and she is going to give me a smooch. Oh, she is going to give me a kiss, sir. You are not even going to believe how much my wings are going to flap in a suggestive manner. Wow, 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 wow. That's how fast my wings are going to flap. Wow, 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 wow. I gotta get that kiss. Okay, five, six, seven, eight, coffee. You can count on it. Yes, we know this is the catchphrase. This is the log line that we have to say every time we do one of these ads. And you can count on this. I'm going to go give me, get me a kiss, I should say. I'm gonna give a kiss. I'm gonna get a kiss. I'm gonna be giving and getting kisses, smooches, all night. They got me bantunk, the magnificent. She's gonna kiss me on my stand and I'm gonna go wow, wow, wow. Final thoughts regarding A Year with Frog and Toad. There has not been nearly enough in the way of quality children's entertainment on Broadway. Sure, we have a lot of four-quadrant material on hand, but Frog and Toad is strictly for kids, and I admire it for being so polished, fizzy, and attendant to Lobel's more sensitive side. If we were to revive Frog and Toad on old Broadway, I would like to see a more muted scenic design. I mean, no offense to Adrienne Lobel, but the palette of her father's books was quite earthy, as if all of his colors had been mixed with rainwater. That is what I love most about his illustrations, and I would like to see that quality represented on stage. This idea would probably get me fired as a director. <laughs> I want it to really look glum and gloomy like it's been raining all day. <laughs> Grays, deep mud browns, navy greens, ooh, just army greens everywhere. <laughs> reserve, I say reserve the brighter look for shows like Seussicle. That's what I say. We also needed animated Frog and Toad series as of yesterday. Let's get to work. Why don't I already have that on Netflix? I don't know who should voice Frog and Toad. Who do you think should voice Frog and Toad? Let me know. So, in 2003, the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was, do you remember, we've talked about it before, it was Hairspray. Yes, that's right. 
and the additional nominees that season were Amour and Movin' Out. We have also covered those shows here on the podcast. We have discussed every 2003 nominee. That means we're closing out the season. Oh my God. That means it's time to hear from our good friend. He's big. He's green. He's not the large and terrible frog. He's Shrek. And he's here to answer a very important question. Take it away, Shrek. It's me, Shrek, that's right. Oh, you're damn right I'm not no fucking large and terrible frog. I'm a green ogre with little appendage eyes coming out of me skull. <laughs> and you're right, I do have a very important question that I have to answer. I have to take a look at all of the shows that were nominated for this season, and I have to tell myself, I have to figure out for myself what show needs to get in my belly. Oh, 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 you'll have to explain. Excuse me. Oh, 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 oh. oh, donkey's taking care of me right now. I hope you don't mind if I record this message. What? Oh, donkey's servicing me. Oh, like a little French maid. He's got a little French maid costume on. Oh, it's one of our favorite pastimes. Wee oui, wee oui is what I say. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh, 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 donkey. Okay, I'm going to have to ask you to back off there, me friend. Okay, I have to answer this question. Which of these shows is going to get in my belly? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. The number one worst choice that I could possibly make would be a more. No way. Where am I going to put that show in my belly? That fucking guy, he can go through walls, can't he? Oh, what's to stop him from going through me stomach lining? I would be hungry in an instant. He'd escape from me gut. I don't appreciate that at all. No, fuck that. What oh, donkey? Ho, 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 donkey. Your big tease. Stop it, I'm telling you. We got to take a break, baby. We got to take a break. Okay, so moving out, no way. I'm not munching on a bunch of boomers talking about the Vietnam War or the last thing I need is somebody whining about Saigon in my head. Oh, Al, we should have never gone to Saigon. Yeah, no fucking shit. Hansart's 2020, shut the fuck up. Why aren't you burning alive in me gases? My acidic asses in me tummy. Okay, so that leaves us with two shows, Hairspray and a year with Frog and Toad. I'm going to tell you right now, I would love to munch on all of the characters from Hairspray, but there's too much Hairspray in their hair. These are all quite obvious answers, I should think, but I don't want to be trying to process all of those chemicals. No, you might think that I'm a bit of a junkie eater, but I like to take care of my body. I really do, which means that I'm going to have to munch on a couple of amphibians. That's fucking right. A year with Frog and Toad, you are the show that's going to get in my belly. That's right. Oh, now that I've answered that question, I really do have to get back to my little French maid. She's going to be feeding me croissant. She's going to be feeding me all night long, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm hungry for what donkey's serving up, wee oui, wee. Oui. Okay, I'll come back to you when you close out another season. It was nice to see you again. Oh, oh, Patty, Benny, Jonathan. Oh. <laughs> I hope this wasn't too explicit for you. Ah, fuck you if you think it was. Cargo, boy!
Well, I must say that was very explicit, but what can you expect from Shrek? We know Shrek. We've heard from him several times now. If you were expecting anything less, I do not know what to tell you. I'm on Shrek's side is what I'm saying. Okay, it is time to rate A Year with Frog and Toad. Rank it against all of the other shows we have talked about here on the podcast. As always, you can find this complete ranking by going to our handy-dandy Google Sheet. How do I get to the Google Sheet, you might be asking. Well, it's available via our link tree, which is posted on Twitter, twitter.com slash musicalmanpod. And if you go to our likes section, it's the first tweet right there. It'll click through. It'll take you right to that sheet. The second tab, that's where you'll find that ranking, baby. But where does A Year with Frog and Toad rank? Well, I am placing it at number 44. That's between Steel Pier at number 43 and on the 20th century at number 45. I don't have anything of interest when it comes to show-related ephemera this week, I am sorry to say. I considered having us drop in a few of Mark Lynn Baker's old commercials, but those plans were shelved. Shelved is what they were. If you find yourself, okay, fair warning, if you find yourself using the phrase frog and toad while exploring YouTube, you won't have to scroll far before landing upon some queasy material. No, YouTube, I am not interested in watching a video called Warning! Live Feeding African Bullfrog versus Huntsman Spider. Thumbs down. No thanks. To determine which show we discuss next, we'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show, Un, Deux, Trois, Cat. That's cat spelled C-A-T. Meow. Everyone ready? Then away we go. Okay, all right, I am looking at the 1995 winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical. It ran for 977 performances. Do you know what the name of this show is? I bet some of you do. It's none other than Andrew Lloyd Webber's Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard, frenzied boulevard. Something, something, something very often scary. I know that's not the exact lyric, especially the part where I went, something, something, something. I know. It's going to be so much fun to return to Andrew Lloyd Webber's canon. Oh, goodness gracious. What a guy. (laughs) What a guy he is. And that episode is going to drop on June 2nd because we still are in our bi-weekly release schedule. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the Black Lives Matter organization. We do not keep a cent of that payout, it all goes right towards BLM. You can donate one, three, five, or ten dollars a month. One dollar a month will get you Monday early access to all of our main feed episodes. It will also get you a verbal shout out each and every week. Thank you for donating at least one dollar a month, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marcus, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. You'll also get access to our bonus episodes regarding the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, ABC's The Little Mermaid Live, a review 
of the film Cats, a review of the stage production Emma, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney+, Plus, Documentary Now, original cast album Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Harlow the Alligator Boy, and finally, the trailer for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. As a $1 a month patron, you'll also get Season 1, 12 episodes of Radio Boy, and access to all of the episodes in our M3 The Movie Musical Man series. $3 a month will net you everything I've already described, plus a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing, Season 1, 10 episodes of Wildcats Everywhere, and a special episode regarding Julie and the Phantoms. $5 a month will net you everything I've already described, plus you will get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss here on the podcast. You get to choose the subject matter, baby. You'll also get Seasons 1 and 2, that's 24 episodes, of All I Ask of You, as well as access to our Broadway and Chicago review series, and Shout About It, Volumes 1 and 2. That is a collection of 5, 6, 7, 8 coffee ads and musical shoutouts from the first 50 episodes of the podcast. Finally, if you donate $10 a month, you will net everything I've already described. Plus, you will get exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed, and Season 1, 12 episodes of The Snub Club, that is a special series dedicated to Broadway musicals that were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical, and you get access to our brand new $10 a month series that's running right now. Every other week, you get a brand new episode of Turn It Off, which is dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, take a minute to write a five-star review. Again, we are trying to collect 60 five-star reviews. We have 47, and once we get to 60, we will release that special Zombies episode. You can stream the show via Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, or Podbean, musicalmanpod.podbean.com. You can follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Thanks, as always, to Patty and Benny Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Thank you to Alex Green for our beautiful logo, and thank you to Zach Little for our fabulous music. Oh, well, you know what that sound means? Yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh well. We'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, off finishing, and good night. is strictly for kids, and I admire it for being so polished, fizzy, <clears throat>